Hello, I'm a child. (laughs) (laughs) And just like that, the family sensor went on. (sighs) Your kid's here. Ooh, ooh, yeah. You may be in trouble for this one. Don't don't worry, magic folk. The little ears is not around. I'm right here. Not not for the whole show, bud. Not for the whole show. I will be here. So clearly... Uh, JB has shrunk and actually became kid size. <laughs> what? what? No. Wouldn't that be like an improvement for him? No. He grew up. Oh, oh maybe, yeah. What? Yeah. You're now a taller JB. <laughs> Glad that you finally had your growth spurt there. <laughs> Those carrots and broccoli have been doing uh, a lot of wonders on you there, huh? <laughs> did you just, did your kid just bra you? He did just bra me. <laughs> Jeez. Kind of household you run in here, man? One where bras are available. <laughs> and I like cutting cheese. Oh man! I uh, got pew pews. <laughs> this is for the world to hear. Oh man! Hello. Oh yeah, this is for the world to hear. This has been recording the whole time. Oh. Geez. Yeah. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> no. 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 Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, JB, and Danny Oakstad. Then we will start a fresh recording here. <laughs> that way it makes the actual be good. I mean, I'll probably clip out one part of that and put it in the front of the episode. Well, naturally. That, that seems pretty good. All right. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 114 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. <laughs> That's right, I added this in here. <laughs> We're your draft packs full of draft chaff. That was something that we said like two weeks ago. And I, <laughs> That's right, you guys did. And, uh, Jesus. and I'm like, I'll add it in. And I added it in. <laughs> and now here we are, adding it in. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> beginning read. Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I forgot that I did that. So we're your hosts. I'm Matt. <laughs> we're down two typical hosts that you hear in the uh, the opening music and stuff. No JB, no Danny tonight, but we do have the one and only Big G. What up? That's right, folks. I finally acted on my promises. I said so many episodes ago, I off the other two and it's just me and Matt now. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of funny how that happened. It was just <laughs> like all of a sudden, Big G hits me up and he's like, Yo, so I'm going to be on the podcast tonight. I'm like, oh, you are? He's like, yeah, you don't got anybody else. And I haven't heard back from Danny or JB yet. (laughs) You'll you'll get their ransom notes here soon. Ransom notes? Well, yeah. If you want the other two hosts back, you you got to pay the ransom. How much is the ransom? You'll find out when you get the notes. (laughs) I have to figure out how much you enjoy having them versus just me. Uh, It'll cost you four Force of Wills and a Jace the Mind Sculptor. Be like, now nah, I'm keeping my Force of Wheels and Jace the Mind Sculpture. You can have them. <laughs> Keep them. They complain about blue anyway. Yeah, I know. I'm so free to play my colors now. <laughs> but yes, no no Danny, no JB, but uh, Big G and, and I, we're, we're it's not is, soloing. It, it, we're dueling it. This is a first. It's a, it's never been just you and I. I don't think so. No. Other has. other than homebrews with homebrews. Oh, yeah. Oh, hold on. That's... <laughs> I'm so upset that I did that with that that because I got I, it's all edited up, 
but there's like a big watermark across like the whole thing. Are it's you kidding? Like, I'm not kidding. And, and like when I was doing some research, like, cause they're like paid this money to get rid of the watermark. And I'm like, okay. But then I go to the paid checkout site. I'm like, this looks sketchy. So then I do some Google and it's like, yeah, that's a sketchy shut site. I'm like, oh, so oh. I deleted, <laughs> I deleted oh, no. the, the video maker. I movies for Macintosh, not Macintosh. I, I movie for windows. Okay. That's what I got. Uh, I'm like, yeah, this will be great. And I don't know. Well, you know, a fun thing that you can maybe do to raise funds for getting rid of watermarks on those videos that you want to post, we could get some more Patreons. I wonder if you have any right now. Oh, wow. Look at you. Why are you so good at these transitions? Like every time you're on, your your segues are just Just, the best. Just so good. Just can't stop me. So let's begin this episode by thanking our amazing patrons who think that this content is worth sending money towards. First off, we have a big thank you to Big G. You're welcome. Who is like teetering on being like <laughs> there, a patron member now. There, there's a certain point where I feel like I can't be a Patreon anymore, and I feel like we're a couple episodes away we're now at I this point. Pre- I feel we're pretty close. It's already been official. You've signed someone's play mats. You are like- Oh, yeah, you su- did. I am, I am now officially a part of the podcast, so yes. it'll be like you know guest starring. It'd be the, like the guest starring yeah. in TV shows where I'm not always there but I might show up. Who's the one that's always famous for like guests showing on things? I'm thinking of like, I know there's a bunch where at the end it's like featuring this and mm. this person's like always on there. So it's like, why are they still a featured person on this? Like something in, uh, Oh, first one that came to my mind, uh, full house when they had, uh, Steve oh, towards the end of the yeah. series. Like he was just on every episode and it's like featuring whatever the actor's name yeah. for Steve. And then he just shows up. Yeah. All the time. Hey, you, wh- you are our Steve. I am. But who are the other Patreons? The other Patreons. <laughs> we got Wade97. We got Chapman. D Moose. Amu the Fox. Colin. Noah. Slade. Third String Chapman. Nikki. And two of our newest Patreons, No Modifier and Jacob. Hey. We got new peeps. Yeah, dude. These guys are amazing. Thank you so much for thinking that our content is worth supporting. And uh, if you guys would also like to support us, we have two tiers. A $3 tier where you get put in for monthly drawings for booster packs. And <laughs> yeah. I got one. Big big G won this month. <laughs> he just opened it today. <laughs> and then we have a $10 tier, which puts you into a drawing for a commander card worth 15 to 20 bucks. This month, we gave away an Archmage's Charm. D Moose won that one. Uh, and also, you can vote on what cards we draw at the beginning of each month, and that poll will be going out tonight as well. Give you a hint, Arid Mesa is on there. Ooh. I figure I figure we can bring one card over from previous month's polling, and Arid Mesa is a card that I figure people would like. And so, yes, they're a poll that patrons can vote on, so that way they can have a they can choose what card that they could potentially win. Now, I added this in here because I always keep forgetting about it. We have playmats that we are selling. Yeah, G- Big G don't have one in his hand right now, but the playmats are super cool. <laughs> and we are selling them for 20 bucks. And you can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and stuff if you want them. We will work out details. We can ship them anywhere uh, and we'll work out shipping prices. It's 20 bucks a pop. But if you don't want to talk to if you don't want to talk to any of us, fun fact, our sponsor, J Dubs also has our play mats that you could go there and buy for 20 bucks. Uh, you got to pay tax there. But J-Dubs does have our play mats there if you're interested in any of them. Or you can send your friends down there to pick them up and pick up, play play with these awesome This Week in MTG play mats. They're pretty good play mats. Yeah, I've got mine on my office desk right now as my work area for magicking. They are inked gaming quality 
an amazing, amazing playmate. And with that J-Dub mention, let us jump into an ad from J-Dub's now. J-Dub Sports Cards and Gaming located in West Acres Mall in Fargo is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. Yeah, so there's the uh, there's the oh, ad read, Jesus. the official ad read, guys. I, I, I done did it. I done did it. And there's also an outro as well. So fun fact, along with those getting recorded, there was a lot of cursing on Maddie's part. So she she asked me not to post it up for everybody to hear, but I did get her to agree that the patrons can hear it. So I will put up all of her fucks and curses and stuff. And she's <laughs> like, um, it's, oh, it's, it's too good. You'll be getting that as well. Hell yeah. That'll be fun. Along the lines of J-Dubs here as well, their Black Friday sale they got going on, they're going to have 20% off their singles, all singles in the store. Wait a minute. But what if I'm not a guy that wants to buy singles and I just love the the exhilarating cracking of packs? They got deals for me on that one too? You can get $10 off booster oh, boxes. Shit. All booster boxes? All booster boxes. There we go. You can get yourself some Modern Horizons 2 booster boxes for $10 less. You can get some AFR boxes for $10 less. And I think they got some boxes going back to... I think they got original Innistrad there? Uh, they might be open. Or I don't it, know if they're sealed, it was open. Okay. They got, they They've got, got some packs. open packs or open boxes with the packs and stuff, too. But I know they do have quite a few of some older sets. Yeah, so if that tickles your fancy as well, go check out J-Dubs this Black Friday coming next week. Jesus, for your next week already next week already yeah next week's thanksgiving man dude time flies and oh. now with all of the formalities out of the way let's jump into the breakdown of this episode starting off we're going to go to the boggle desk which might now mutate to the big g desk since he is here brum, 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 brum. he it ate a magic mushroom <laughs> Are you ready for me or are you going to keep going? I'm going to keep going. <laughs> and after <laughs> at, the, at the big G desk, we're going to talk about event results and go to upcoming events. After that, we're going to jump over to a blogatog. And from the blogatog, we're going to jump into the news section. And we have news ranging from double feature news, arena updates, uh, some online stuff that we missed, world championship announcements, and Viscerasir numbered cards. That's a big one. From there, we're going to jump over to the Conjured Currency section, which was previously known as the Just the Finance section, and now we're just calling it Conjured Currency because it's way cooler. <laughs> and after that, if we have time, we'll jump to a deck of the week. There's two options that I posted in here that both looked mm. really appealing to me. So we'll see how that goes. See how far mm. uh, Big G and I mm -hmm. deviate off here. We'll try to keep on task for you guys so we can get to Big Deck of the Week. So let's jump into that uh, the boggle desk there the with the with assault report. Uh, we're not talking about it. It's, what the fuck? It's the JB salt report. I do have a salt report. This one's a long overdue one. 
I am hyped for this. Okay. It's a very short salt report and it's very minimal, but it also breaks into a little bit of Crimson Vow stuff. Um, So got to do, we finally got to do our first quarter of Modern League Top 8 after some long lengthy trying to figure out what date we're going to do it. We finally just like, here's the date. If you show up, you get to play. If you don't show up, you automatically forfeit. Fair enough. Fair enough. If you've been working on first quarter stuff for this long. Yeah. We're like, what, four or five? We were four or five weeks in at that point. So it was just ridiculous. So I got paired up against Trevor. um, So I knew, I had an idea of what kind of deck I'd be playing against. And I was like, okay, he's going to do either control or combo. That's the kind of player he is. Ended up. Continue. But before you continue. Yep. Did you come in with allies or Jund? Neither. Ooh, what did you come in with? So I I did have a couple of decks, um, newer decks made up. Um, I had Hammer Time finally all put together, which... You fucking monster. Not not a... You you know what a real monster is? That fucking hammer coming down on your ass. Giggity? That's the real monster. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) um, What was the other one I had just gotten together that that week prior? What the fuck? Was it like Merktide or was it Elementals? Was it? No, it was... I don't know. Um, I ended up playing Hammer Time. We'll just get to that. Um, But I had... Other Trevor figure out, uh, no, it wasn't hardened skills. I see the the post up there. But um, so I had other Trevor decide, like I just had him look at my deck boxes, just the color. And I'm like, pick a color. Because I was pick, like, pick a color. I, wanna, color. I wanted to play one of these two decks because I am known at J-Dubs for being, you know, I'm elves, allies, or junt. That's yep. what I'm known for. So wanted to throw people off because obviously they're going to do the same thing I'm going to do and they're going to try to prep for what I'm playing and then their next round. Of course, of course. So ended up going up against that and he is playing, uh, he's playing Cascade. And I'm sitting here like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. You know, I, I should be able to outpace Cascade or at least keep up with it. So the salt part comes into split cards, fire and ice. <sighs> okay, okay. And Cascade goes over it even though... You can only ever target one side when you're casting it, but when it's not being cast, it combines the mana value. Yep. And skips right over it, and I've got rhinos in my fucking face. Yeah, dude. Every goddamn time. That's what makes Fire and Ice like a very complete part of that rhinos package because it's just, it's dumb. I like, I get it. it. on that side of the table, it's got to be fun to just be like, oh, look at this. That's a cool synergistic piece. It goes right over it, but I can still use it, yep. and it doesn't ruin my mana curve. God, that sucks. That being said, though, a little bit of Crimson Vow stuff that I think all my decks that have blue in it will be uh, uh, working in. Ooh, what is that? Washed Away. Washed Away is a good card. Yeah. It is because, a good card. And a lot of people have been talking about it, how it's like... Uh, you know, it can get flashback, it can get cascade, it can get a few other things that they had talked about, the unconventional ways of casting spells not from your hand. You can get uh, Brazen Borrowers mm. and Bone Crusher Giants because they're casting from the Adventure Zone. Yep, and then just got in the in the Twitch. Yep, it does, for Commander players, it does counter the Commander. So for and a quick a, reminder. It's a one, yep. one blue. It's a dispel that counters if it didn't come from your hand. And then, yep, it gets the adventure stuff out there too. Jeez, I can't even keep up with the Twitch chat right now. Um, but then it has the cleave of two blue and, and a colorless, just 
counter target spell. You get to cancel. Yeah. Which so. it, which it, it's begun on record that cancel is just like a good rate for a counter spell because we got Archmage's Charm, which is three mana counter spell, draw a card, or steal a permanent of one CMC or less. And now we got one that counters something that wasn't cast from hand. Yeah. So it's it's just going to be a fun card, and I feel like that one's going to be one, you know, jumping a little ahead of the conjured currency, but uh, keep your eye on that one. It's uncommon, so you'll see quite a few of them, but... Foils of that one are probably going to be some Good. form of a pretty penny. Not yeah. like too high. Like maybe foils are going to be chilling around five bucks or whatever. But, but I mean, Washed Away is a good card. It it has so much versatility in the meta game of modern. And then that's not even like thinking of like what Legacy and Commander can fully do. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a nuts card. It's going to be fun. But yes, there's the salt report. It's a beautiful salt report that. So so you were salty because you thought oh, I got my ass kicked just by it's like oh this just keeps. Dropping well, rhinos. Well, and then he, like, one of the first times he did it, he, he's like, do you want to look through what I cascade? And I was like, well, wouldn't it, it would get fire and ice because you can only do one of these split cards, not a fuse card. And then all of a sudden, I, like, he's like, no, it, it it counts the mana value together. And like, after we were done, I looked up the ruling and I was like, son of a bitch. Yeah, they changed the ruling. I think it was like three years ago. It was pretty, yeah, it was, it was pretty recent, recent time. The grand scheme yep. of things. Three to four but years. yeah, so I looked it up and I was like, God, that fucking sucks. That's a cool deck, but God, that sucks. <laughs> All right. But so yeah, that is the salt report. So we've actually got quite a few quite a few event results. We've got two standards. So we've got Red Bull and we've got Crokeys, and then we've got our two modern challenges. So we're gonna change things up a little bit from how we normally do things when I'm here doing the event results. Since we have so many, we're just gonna look a little bit more in-depth at the top two decks of each event. And then, you know, Matt will help me out with kind of filling in the last ones. And so we're going to be looking at the Crokey's one first here. And we've got, let's see, I'm going to open up the deck list. That might help. I had the link, but just didn't have the deck list open. There we go. A little side note as well. We're using uh, Meta. Uh, mtgmeta.io to read these first two it's a very cool clean website i like that setup yeah it's very good and then it goes into details about like matchups and stuff like when you uh scroll down some of some other podcasts they like look at this they use this as well and i'm like oh maybe we can start like incorporating this into some of our event reads and stuff because it gives more more in-depth numbers like if we're going to be talking about like mono white aggro and standard here it gives its matchup against the rest of the field that showed up like demir control is it dragons is it turns and jund mid-range and how well it fares against those with numbers and then it also talks about uh, a Wilson score interval interval with uh, how favored it is as well. So Wow. Yeah, this is really cool. All right. So coming in first for the Crokey's Challenge, or is that the official name? Crokey's Crimson Vow Tournament. There we go. It's a standard event. We've got Felipe Landim running Orzov midrange. So jumping into the lands first, we've got five snow-covered plains, six snow-covered swamps, one field of ruin. Four bright climb pathways, four faith faceless havens, and then four snowfield sink holes. And then we've got some planeswalkers. So we've got the one, the only, the spider queen running in out of four of. So that's awesome. And jumping into the creatures, we've got eye twitch, four of, uh, shambling ghast, another four of, professor of symbology, four of, two fell stingers and then four edgar charmed grooms jumping into the instance we've got three vanishing verses four deadly dispute 
one infernal grasp and then sorceries we've got three blood on the snows and three enchantments of that one the only the meat hook massacre and then jumping in the sideboard real quick we've got three duress one confront the past one environmental sciences one hero's downfall one soul shatter two or three gold blanks one necrotic fumes two crippling fears and two mascot exhibitions so yeah looking at this it i dig it like looking at the synergies of everything so you know planeswalker we're drawing some cards or we're getting those creatures depending on how the play style is i know lately a lot of people aren't even really going for ultimates on planeswalkers depending on which ones they are but more so utilizing all that other stuff and then it's got the static ability of you know whenever you a creature you control dies put a loyalty counter on there so there's that getting it a little bit higher up to the ultimate ability which is you get an emblem whenever an opponent is dealt damage by one or more creatures you control if that player lost less than eight life this turn they lose life equal to the difference so there we go and then running the eye twitches in there it dies you learn so the, the, there's a lot of lessons in the sideboard yeah. here for you to be grabbing a lot of one ofs and, and and stuff but the the it seems like the primary thing you're going to be trying to learn for here would be uh, mascot exhibi- uh, exhibition to be making all the tokens to help feed into the sacrifice synergy but primarily the the, the token engine in this is going to be edgar charmed groom new card from crimson vow because this is one of the first events that was after the crimson vow oh, drop yeah, so we get to experience some new cards and the fact that edgar makes tokens when it flips so Su- surprising right edgar makes tokens so when he dies, he's black, white, two for a 4-4 four, four legendary vampire noble. Other vampires you can control get plus one, plus one. That's just kind of eh. There's no other vampires here. And then when he dies, returns to the battlefield transformed under its owner's control. And then it turns to Edgar Markov's coffin, which is a legendary artifact. At the beginning of your upkeep, create a 1-1 one, one white and black vampire creature token with lifelink and put a bloodline counter on the coffin. Then if there are three or more, you transform it. So... You're getting three, for three turns, you're getting three vampires, and then it flips, and those three vampires are two twos, but typically you're going to be sacrificing the the vampires or blocking with the vampires and just kind of going with a more of a mid-range life loss gain kind of a thing. Meat Hook Massacre, meat hook, meat hook massacre here is going to be really good because it just wipes out your tokens and can hit your opponents pretty hard. They lose life, you gain life, and it just like really sets that difference apart. Well, and it's, so it's not as a high intensity, but a little bit of that um, aristocrats feel to it. Just kind of the, you want, as much as you want to keep creatures on the board, part of your gameplay is to get rid of them. So Right. Uh, one thing about this as well, in this whole top eight, it is like the only like, it's it's the only mid-range deck. This, in the sideboard, the whole sideboard is like strictly targeting all aggro-style decks because all other seven decks are either aggro or Selesnia Humans, and Selesnia Humans is pretty uh, is a pretty aggro deck in yeah. standard as well. So, mid-range for the win. Yeah. So, let's see here. All right. Well, something weird is happening here. All right. So, I got the Selesnia, Selesnia Humans pulled up, and we're... Where did the name go? Antonio Abre? Abre? Yeah, I clicked on something weird. So You can hit uh, show deck list and it just pops up on the side. Oh, I hit deck details. That's where there I'm you at. Go. Okay. So jumping into the lands, we've got four forests, three planes, two cave of the frost dragons, 
for overgrown farmlands, four branch loft pathways. Jumping into the creature selection, we've got four Luminarch veterans, four hopeful initiates, four Luminarch aspirant, three intrepid adversity. All right, and then three Thalia guards are guardians, so getting those non-creature spells in increasing in cost, doing the taxing effect, and then three Catlidia Dawnheart Prime, three Brutal Cathars, four Hamlet Vanguards, three Adeline Resplendent. Ah, there we go. Jeez, words are hard. <laughs> Falling into it. Uh, Cathars and two Toskis. Jumping into the instance, Kabira Takedowns, three of them. Sorceries join two join the dances. One Amiria's call, which is also the shock land or the lightning bolt land double face card. And then one Mall of the Skyclaves is covering in the artifacts. Jumping in the sideboard, four portable hole, four valorious stances, one fateful absence, four elite spell binder, and two Sigrid God favorites. So I haven't been looking too much at the standard, but looking at the looking at all the Celestia humans that showed up on this one, and then the couple that showed up on actually no none showed up on the other event. But just looking at some of this stuff, it's kind of you know doing the basic human thing. It's putting <clears throat> plus one counters on. It's gaining life, uh, Luminarch veteran, along with join the dance to gain a couple life when you're making humans, and then you just start pumping up humans. Luminarch aspirant is a very powerful card, and in the whole tournament, it was the most played creature, showing up with 315 copies in 22% of the decks of, in the whole event. Because every turn, you're just putting a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control, and putting that on like. Um, Thalia, Guardian of Thraben, and then attacking with a Hopeful Initiate along with Thalia makes the Hopeful Initiate super, uh, strong because it has training. And then it has the side effect or the side ability of pay two and a white, remove counters from it, and you get to destroy an artifact or an enchantment. But yeah. All right. So like we said, we're going to doing the in-depth for first and second, but then third and fourth place, we've got two different builds of mono white aggro so it looks like just a little bit different in the creature builds one's running the monk of the open hand and the other one what's the big one they're running in this one you doing usher of the fallen in both yep they are so looks like as far as just a quick glance that's the big difference between the two and i see yep it, it should also be noted that Adeline Resplendent Cathar is a really good hero of Blade Hold for these style of decks, making making humans that are attacking. Yeah, and then are you talking about the Celestia or the Mono White Aggro? Well, the Celestia one has it as well, but the Mono Whites do. Uh, the, oh yeah, they do. They, they all got them. A, a single one of, but it's a very aggressive creature. And um, let's take a look at the numbers. Was that even shown up a lot of? Yep. Adeline Resplendent yep. Cathar was in 17% of decks. So there you go. If you're looking to play some standard, uh, probably some Mono White or some Celestia. But then jumping into 5th through 8th place, we've got two uh, Mono Green deck, uh, another Mono White deck, which looking very similar to the other two in 3rd and 4th place. The fact that it has Uvenwald Oddity and Cemetery Prowler from Crimson Vow, two really hyped up cards like On Curve going into Cemetery Prowler on 3, 
and then having on turn four, like if you hit a creature with Cemetery Prowler, because it's one of the cemetery creatures, ETBs, exile a card from all graveyard, and then spells that you cast cost one less if it shares a card type with an exile card. So Uvenwall Oddity could be a three mana, four, four, trample, haste. So what threw me off there is I was looking at the mono white list and you were reading off the mono green list. I'm like, what the, what? I'm in white. You, why are you reading green? Oh, we're reading fifth. I I was just going over them. <laughs> okay. I, like I had jumped to the mono white because it was pretty similar to the other two. Oh, small yeah, small differences. Um, but then it looks like in seventh place another Celestia Humans. This uh, one has Sigarda Champion yeah. of Lights in the main, which is interesting. And uh, but I mean it's a Humans deck, so it makes sense. But right. But it's a two of. So there's that, and then Snake Veil or Snakeskin Veils, and then Paladin class as well, and then rounding out at eighth place. Hey, you want to take a guess at what it might be? Bet you it's Mono White Humans because it is. Yeah. So, yep, running the Lumark, the Luminarch Aspirant, uh, running those in there. Um, it's got the you know Adeline in there as well. So yeah, Skyclave Apparition. Just goes to show you that right now in standard, white is the color to be running because I don't think a Crokey's tournament would be throwing any like janky kind of stuff in there. And mono white aggro has been showing showing good promise in a lot of standard results. It is. I think we'll be covering that in the Red Bull as well. We will be. Um, so real quick before we jump over to the Red Bull, Matt, you've been playing any any standard on like arena or anything? No, I haven't. Like, like like I said before, the last time I've opened up Arena was during Kelheim when Kelheim was going on. I okay. haven't touched it since. I just follow because you got you got people like uh, you got Jim Davis that plays. I mean, watching Crokey's plays, and then uh, I hear one one of my favorite like standard podcasts is the Disorganized Wizards Club, and they talk oh, about yeah. standard and uh, historic primarily, and so. I don't know. I keep up to date with standard through that and get to know. I don't know because I feel it's kind of important to know what standard does. Well, it, because it's sometimes get to see how effects cool. are a little bit more what we prefer format being modern. Yes. Sometimes, but all right. So that's all we're doing over on the croaky one. So jumping over to the Red Bull one, you heard us say that we might be talking about it a little bit more, but guess what? First and second place. Mono white aggro decks. Surprise. Uh, so jumping into Lance first. Um, first place is by Rafael Quinta Pozo. And he was running 19 snow covered planes, four faceless havens. Jumping into the creatures, we've got Stone Binders Familiar, four of, four Ushers of the Fallen, four Luminarch Aspirants, four Intrepid Adversi- Adversaries, four Sun Gold Sentries. Three Thalias, two Elite Spellbinders, three Brutal Cathar, three Skyclave Apparition, two Radon, God of the Worthy, and then two Adelines. And then jumping in the artifacts, the only difference that's not a creature is two portable holes. And then jumping into the sideboard, got four Curse of the Silence, three Paladin Class, two Cathar Commandos, three Mall of the Skyclaves, another rounding up that playset of Skyclave Apparition, another God of the Worthy, and another Adeline. So, I mean, this one was definitely, the other ones had a little bit more of, you know, a little bit of artifact, a little bit of instance. This one is just 
heavy on the creature. And that little bit of spot removal with the portable holes, which is, I mean, interesting to see. So it's definitely filling in that aggro. It's going to come in low. Most of the cards being in that two slot, you got the, you know, the big game enders at the three spot or the, you know, spot removal again with Skyclave Apparition. But yeah, with Luminarch Aspirant here being like the, the, the key cards help really just push this deck through with making damage because now, again, you're making your Thalia Guardian of Thrabens into 3-2 first strikes that are going to be winning a crap ton of combat there. It can go toe-to-toe with a whatever that hunt that hunt pack, pack tactics wolf very easily with a trigger or two or even a, putting it on a flipped Brutal Cathar. 4-4 first strike, that's going to be hard to kill. I mean, even Adeline <clears throat> Resplendent Cathar is... Luminarch Aspirant, powerhouse of this for, uh, of this this tournament as well, and it showed up in twenty six percent of decks. The overall field had nine hundred and thirteen players. Just want to mention that here real quick. Oh, thanks for that one. All right, so jumping into second place with Simon Arbilande Escorb Escorb Escobar. Yeah, we're gonna go with that. I think I got. I think I nailed that one. Also running. Mono White Aggro, same land package that 19 planes, snow covered planes, and then the four faceless havens. Looks like on this one, really the differences I'm seeing because it, you know it's got the Usher to the Fall and the Luminarch Aspiration, the Intrepid Adversities. Um, we've got the Monk of the Open Hand, four of four Hopeful Initiates, and then four Clarion Spirits. Other than that, like all minus a little bit of variation with the numbers, you know, running the same. So it got the Adelines, got the God of the Worthies, got the Brutal Cathals, got the Thalias, and all the ones I've already mentioned. But then jumping down, like I said, we've got an instant in here with that uh, Kabiri uh, takedown, which is Moto Face. So it could be a land as well. I and, think I think typically they're just keeping this off to the side to be able to take down like Goldspan Dragons. Yeah. Because, you know, you're going to have a hard time with all your creatures pretty much on the ground, except for Redain is your only flyer in here. Well, Clearing Spirit makes flying makes spirits. spirits. But still, like, Redain's yeah. not a good enough option. But no. a, a Kabir takedown is probably going to be used for Goldspan or any flying dragons that are going to be showing up. Yeah, and it's gonna and it's only a one of which you know if you're having that thought in mind, I almost would think you'd try to up that a little bit. But well, I you mean, know, I'm not a big standard player, so these guys know what they're doing more than I do. White aggro still goes under, it goes pretty quick yep. underneath what Goldspan dragons kind of do, and you know, it, explaining why is it turns made it into third and fourth place here. Yeah, but then it's also got three paladin classes too, which you know puts that taxing effect on your opponent. So all their spells cast during your turn cost one more so you know you're not getting any creatures flashed in you're not getting any instance that will take you out on your turn so your opponent's going to have to take up their turn using those instant spells that they would prefer to use on your turn so it is a proven fact when you set your opponent off by one turn games can get can can change in your favor okay so i have been playing arena and i noticed this hardcore because i've just been doing historic because that's what i prefer so running a Celestia life gain deck and then running running Simic Elementals because very nice, why very not? nice. You can play it, you can do it. I was putting my daughter down to bed last night and I had was just trying to finish up the game because I had this guy on the ropes. I accidentally hit the skip over my turn and I didn't get to attack. And I had Angels Galore, no. 
had the guy down to like six life, the guy came back and just beat the shit out of me. And oh, I don't even remember what he was running, but it was just a, it was the fact that maybe that should have been my salt report. That could have been a could great been. salt report. But I, I was holding on to the top eight one. So, but just it, it really proves that one turn can just ruin it for the person who looks like they're going to win. Yep. If you just so, temper them off by one mana, that's everybody is like, ah, oh, just if, if I had one more mana, just one more mana, one more turn, one more of this could have been different. But let's get into third and fourth place, both of which it's really funny to see how the top four is uh, two of, two of, because we've got two is it turns decks. So, you know, running the, sorry, catching my words up, running the variety of lands to make sure you've got your, your red and your blue mana sources. The Hull Breacher Horror. Hull Breaker. Hull, there we go. Sorry. Hull Breaker Horror. Not Hull Breacher. Sorry. You've you know, had PTSD got, enough with that. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just stuck in my head. Hull Breacher. Hull Breaker Horror. So this spell, it's got flash. It can't be countered. Whenever you cast a spell, choose up to one. Return target spell you don't control to its owner's hand. Return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. So th- And it's a uh, five colorless, two blue. Seven eight Kraken Horror. It's running a one of in this one, and then it's got spell packages dealing some damage, returning creatures to their hand, um, getting to do some scrying, destroying artifacts. You know the galvanic iterations. You know counter magic, more bolts. Divide by zero. Um, Prismari command. The unexpected windfalls. Memory deluge, and then it's got the sorceries like the expressive iteration which is pretty typical in both standard and modern is it decks so and then let's see let's see if there are any differences in the third place one there's no hull breaker horror in that one yep so it looks like this one is strictly running going for the creek or not the creature any form of creature other than what you might get out of a spell or two but it's it's relying heavily on those spells Jumping down into the fifth through eighth place, fifth through eighth place. There we go. We've got a Demir Control. So again, a little bit lighter on the creature side of things. We've got three um, Soren the Mirthless. But then, as far as the creatures go, we've got Graveyard Trespasser, Nighthawk Scavenger. Which oh, I love this card. I do. Just the fact of Vampire Nighthawk and Tarmogoyf made a baby. Right. There we go. It is a gray card. And then Ithmirth, Desert Doom. Jeez. Sometimes these names, I tell you, I struggle. <laughs> um, but then again, uh, going into that control piece, and here it is, Wash Away. Boom. Love to see it. You know, as time goes on, I find myself being more and more of a blue player, and I know I'd be scolded by Danny and JB for this, so I'm glad oh, they're not here. They would rip you apart. Um, but here, it's got another card in it that I feel like um, has a lot of modern potential, the Path of Peril. So uh, for those of you who don't have the cards memorized or pulled up yet, it is one colorless, two black, sorcery speed. It does have cleave for four colorless, a white, and a black. So the original text, destroy all creatures with mana value two or less, and then in the brackets is the with mana value two or less. So Cleave takes away that and it just says destroy all creatures for six. But I feel like going up against token decks and those more aggro style decks, especially when you're talking about modern decks, 
I don't know about you if you've noticed or not, but Luris just seems to be overtaking the format right now. Yeah, Path, Path Apparel is a really good Luris counter because it just hits everything that Luris does as a deck. I don't think it's as I don't think it's going to be as important as one thinks, but the fact that it's still like it destroys your Regavans, it destroys the DRCs, it can hit Kroxas, and well, it gets like Turox. I think it is gonna I think it's gonna see more play than some people might think. It oh, would. it's gonna be a cyborg piece for sure because yeah. everybody wants to like this is just like if you're playing black and you are not playing against Luris, um, Living End, maybe Living End would want to be playing something like this because you're missing out on hitting all of your creatures. And this is just in like modern, clearly, yeah. and stuff. But like in Living End, they would probably have this in the sideboard to like help them go against a, a Luris deck. Because I think that matchup there is like, depending on the Luris deck, if it's like Grixis or Rakdos, they might be doing a better job. They might have a, a fewer percentage points on that matchup. But yeah, Perilous. Path of Peril. Path of Peril. There you go. And then Meat Hook Massacres in this one too. Um, so then jumping down to sixth place, another mono right white aggro deck. Um, this one, the difference I'm seeing right off the bat is the Faithful Absence. So one colorless and a white destroy target creature, Planeswalker, its controller investigates. So that it means they create a colorless clue artifact token with pay two colorless, sacrifice this artifact draw card. So, a little bit of give and take, but you know what? At the end of the day, sometimes getting rid of a creature is more important than your opponent being able to draw. And then, jumping down to seventh, we've got Mono Black Zombies, which I know you guys have been talking quite a bit about zombies. So I like zombies. So, zombies are a thing. Well, and it's it's nice to see that... A, some of these more some of these tribes that maybe just haven't gotten a little bit of love in the last little while as far as a a set dedicated to them has been really cool so um but let's see champion of the perished uh tainted as ad adversary there we go yeah yeah these are some of the big ones and then oven death uh draco lith in there too got a couple of those at flash speed and then rounding out the top eight is Another is it turns. And this one is, just like the last one, going more so in the instance and sorceries package instead of including any creatures. But, you know, the one just had one creature. So I don't know if I'd really count that too much as having an overabundance of creatures. I, th I think they're just testing out having such a beast of a card as Hullbreaker Horror. Yeah, which is fun. But, you know, another... I, I really like the turns deck, and I know JB hates when I bust bust out one of my turns decks. So that being said, fun fact, I have gotten rid of one of them. Ooh. Just just down to the just down to the one. The, the new one. The new one. So you got rid of the fires? The fires turn? Yeah, just with so much of it being banned. It just didn't work. Couldn't find any suitable replacements for it. So but speaking of that fun format, because most of my decks are modern decks, uh, we are going to jump into the modern challenges. We're going to have to skim by this really quick. We're already at, oh, we've, geez, been, we've been doing stand for like half an hour. Holy crap. Okay. So we've got, uh, you know what? We've got two modern challenges. We're just going to go over what first and second place were. We're not even going to go into the deck list. Okay. So first place on, is this a Saturday one? Nope. This is the Sunday one. So I'm going to go to the Saturday one first. There we go. We've got a Bleacher deck. Belcher. Belcher. There we go. Sorry. Um, so, yep. Gruel. There we go. Mostly Gruel. 
Yeah, just wanted to point this one out because Belcher is a powerhouse of a deck that's kind of has been talked about for a long time. It's it's put up top eight results and stuff before, but the fact that it took down this challenge and uh, foreshadowing here, maybe the next challenge as well. And what the, some of the new tech they're tossing in here is actually Pyromancer's Ascension. I'm a fan of this card, and it just allows you to double cast spells if you have four or more copies of a spell in, in the graveyard or quest counters instance sorceries you cast with a card name in your graveyard you put a quest counter on it and if there are two or more then you get a copy of that spell which would be important with you know your rituals like metamorphose pyretic ritual or your strike at riches and stuff like it's a single one it's a single it's one of pyromancer's ascension but the fact that it's in here it's new charbelcher tech and they're running here uh orphan guard all right and then in second place on this one, we've got a mono blue merfolk deck. Uh, pretty typical build for mono blue merfolk. Not, not really typical anymore. They got a full playset of subtlety in this bad boy. And Archmage's Charm as well. And honestly, though, those are the, really the only two differences. Um, one of the guys that plays at one of our shops plays mono blue. And other than some of the newer stuff that's come out, so, you know, like the Tide Shaper out of Modern Horizons, uh, Modern Horizons 2, honestly, a lot of them are, I've, I've gone up against it, so I've seen in them. Is, is, is it that Glasspool Mimic is a four of? Is that new? Typically, they'd just be like running two of or something like that. Yeah, they wouldn't so be doing that, the full play set. That might be a little bit of variation that this guy's taken on, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. And the same with Benthic Biomancer. This is a card that probably nobody heard of. It's a single blue 1-1 Merfolk Wizard Mutant and has depth adept for blue one and then it reads whenever one or more plus one counters are put onto it draw a card then discard a card yeah interesting all right uh do we want to even jump into the next one since we're running a little lag here on time well let's just mention that first place again was char belcher and this one as well has pyromancer's ascension but in the main board it has four blood moon as well which oh you jumped to sundays already there we go Jeez. oh weren't we in I thought we were just reading the two and then moving to the next one. That's we were. That's what I was double checking that we were uh, doing before I moved on. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Go on. You got this one. Yeah. So uh, Char Belcher, again, it's it's showing good. Like people, people, this is a deck that you got to kind of like be prepared for. Otherwise, it can run away with a match as we've seen here and in two weekend challenges. All right. And then second place, this one, this one, I can say with, with confidence without you correcting me. Pretty typical four-color elementals deck. Yeah, yeah. I don't see... I don't really see any slight variations, honestly. Nope. I agree with you on this. The yep. uh, The biggest thing of note here is that this is actually the full elemental list. The previous yep. four-color decks that we've been seeing has just been running Omnath been, Locus. Yeah, it's only been running some. Creation. Yep. And then the one of the Evoke creatures, the Evoke elementals, and then just going for planeswalker spell good stuff like that's the whole gist of the deck at that point but this is tried and true elementals risen reefs mole drifters all that good stuff it's good to see it here all right so that actually wraps up our event results uh we did take a little bit more time like we did warn you though we had four events we i don't know i kind of want to talk about them nice two for two for we always talk about two modern challenges so Doing two standards. But let's go into those upcoming events. For those of you who aren't aware, guess what we got coming up? Magic the Gathering Las Vegas. You're invited to gather again, which is a big piece. 
uh, November 19th through the 21st. Time to sleeve up, sit down, play Magic the Gathering. Las Vegas is here, and we're excited for a weekend that is shaping up to be truly magical. So we actually do have a few friends from from our play group that are going to this. Um, I know one for sure is playing the main event, which is a modern main event. $60 entry, $25,000 prize pool. So all together. So Friday, eight rounds of modern. All players play at least 18 point matches. So six six or two or better. will advance. Those ones will advance to Saturday. And Saturday is six rounds of modern followed by a single elimination of top eight. And then they do have a limited main event as well. This one is $80. Same prize pool amount Saturday. Eight rounds of Innistrad Crimson Vow sealed deck. All players play with play with at least 18 match points. So again, six or two record or better will advance to Sunday. Sunday is six rounds of a booster draft followed by single elimination top eight. And then they do have a master's package, which is... $130, you get entry into both events, a deck box, random foil promo. If you make two days in the modern events, you will receive three limited event vouchers and an exclusive jeweled Lotus playmat. Fancy stuff. Uh, you know, and then they have a lot of side events on this. So if you're going for limited, you can go play limited. You can play some commander, which I know at these events, sometimes those bigger names in the magic community end up showing up. So, you know, if I'm not mistaken, I think the command zone is definitely showing up there. The I hate your deck guys as well. Yep. Professor is showing up. I think he's one of the ones on the card that is going there. And then you got a bunch of like EDH influencers. You got uh, Emma, Emma Atkins, uh, big TikTok star. You got Zexbabe, Zexbees, I think yep. is the other one. Zbex, um, Zbex. Yep. I'm really bad with these. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry looking at the, I'm looking at the special guest right now. So they've got Olivia Gilbert Hicks, which is she's a big, pretty big cosplayer, but she is also doing some stuff on Command Zone. Yep. Um. So is then, Ashlyn Rose going to be there as well? Then I that's think I don't she, see. I think, is she part of the, the Command Zone? Right? She is a part of the Command Zone main team now, but there she's not on that one. But the professor is going to be there. Pleasant Kenobi is going to be there. Uh, Rachel Weeks. Uh, for those of you who like Kyle Hills, he's going to be there as well. He does a lot of more of that like in-depth science talk. I do enjoy watching Kyle Hill, and he's he, been on. He's been on. I hate your deck, deck and, and he, the command zone. Yep, and I think the command zone though one he did like one of the pre-constructed ones where it was more fun to watch him during the I hate your deck because he got to bring one of his own decks. And right. It was really fun to see. In that episode, they actually had professed too. So sick. Um, but then they also do have some artists there, and uh, speaking from unofficial experience like not firsthand experience you know these artists are more than willing to sign some of their cards so make sure to check out the link i am guessing matt will be nice enough to post it in the show notes um you can bring your cards there if you're lucky enough to have the time and the money to get to vegas for this event you know go say hi to some of these artists check out them before you go so that way if you have certain cards you want to get signed they can sign cards but a lot of these artists end up having some killer tokens as well i know one that i'm excited for i'm gonna have somebody send me pictures of the tokens is andrea uh Rodek. she has a little bit more of like the the fun cutesy ones that are so cool and then they have some play mats too we got uh noah in the chat saying that it's usually around five to ten bucks to have them signed yep and some of them are really cool so I know I've got some stuff for my elf deck I got signed and some of the stuff for my allies deck got signed. But jumping into two more local events, um, unfortunately, 
they're both on the same day. So you got to pick and choose which one you want to go to. So we've got the um, LGS store championships. We've got one at Paradox and we've got one at J-Dubs. Both are on December 4th, starting around that noon time. Uh, first looking at the J-Dubs one. This one will be a modern event and the prizes are going to be similar. So participation promo is an Arbor Elf. Top eight promo, collected company. First place promo will be a worm coil engine. And then J-Dubs is going to do store credit prizing based on attendance. And then entry for this one is going to be $20. Jumping over to the Paradox one, um, I think because they're a premium store, they get a little bit more of that love from Wizards. So they'll have some Paradox comics and card exclusive promos they are going to be doing an innistrad crimson vow sealed tournament entry fee for this one will be 39.99 swiss round sealed deck with top eight booster draft registration starts at 11 um deck construction starts at 11:30, whereas the j-dubs one is at noon because you don't have to construct your deck there again first place is going to be getting that worm coil engine but this one will have the paradox cards and comic stamp Top eight will be the collected company with that same stamp and participation will be Arbor Elf. And additional prizes will be three Crimson Vow draft booster packs per player paid out based on standings after Swiss round. And this will be based on an 18 or a 16 player attendance. So four and oh is 12 points. Three oh and one is nine. Three and one is six. Two, one, and one is two points in all other records. You get one. So if you're looking to register for that one, um, for Paradox, they've got the link on their Facebook event to their main website to register. And then for the J-Dubs one, just make sure you show up. And if you want to make sure he has an accurate count, go ahead and drop him a message saying, hey, I plan on coming or respond to his event. Whew, we talked a lot about events. Yeah, we did. There are... No BNR updates, but Matt was nice enough to find a blogatog. So, what you got for us, Matt? The blogatog for this week is from Solaris a- Ads. Solaris Ads. They ask not that they ask. Hello, Mark. May I ask for a card depicting a duck someday? I was not expecting this kind of a conversation to show up from this. So, Mark replies back. Here's a famous magic story that you may or may not have heard. We got a new artist and gave them an art description. Show a lightning bolt hitting a drake. <laughs> the sketch comes in and shows a male duck getting hit by a lightning. <laughs> so at least we got a duck in a sketch. I do think one day we'll get a duck on a magic card. And I just thought that was funny. Just like you just see it because a, a drake is a male duck. Yeah. And it's just getting struck by lightning. Is this going to be the new Stormcrow meme? Man, I, f- I feel like it, it might is. be. I feel like it might be. I want to say I remember the art. There's was it War of the Spark? There's like a uh, a Drake that was getting like depicted as shot, getting shot by lightning. I can't remember. Yeah, he didn't I, go into detail. I, about I feel it. like it is, but I either don't know way. for sure. I thought it was a fun one to bring up here, just a nice little quick that there was a duck, and there might be more ducks in Magic. I feel like we're gonna jump into Rugrats Clown of the Duck. You remember that episode? No, I do not. Okay, they had to wear kilts, so they had ducks. Uh oh, yep. I Phil do remember that. Phil and yep. Lil, they got ducks on their onesies. Yep. All right, anything more blog talks? Uh, nothing, nothing more with the blog talks. Just mention that one real quick. All right, so we've got some news topics for you, and we'll see how much side chatter that some of these news topics bring up. So, starting off the news section with some information that was dropped today about Instrad double feature. 
This is a draftable set that will have cards from both Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow in one. They're only available at WPN stores with the contents of the box having 24 draft packs. These boosters are constructed of four Midnight Hunt commons, four Crimson Vow commons, two Midnight Hunt uncommons, two Crimson Vow uncommons, a rare from each of the sets, and then a silver screen foil card. Each booster set will contain two non-foil DFCs, one of which will be Midnight Hunt, the other Crimson Vow. Full list of cards that will be in the set will be in the link below for you to check out in detail because we've taken up a lot of time already talking about events. Yeah, the car- the cards are cool that they got there. They're cu- This is the curated draft set, but mashing both together. Oh, and then dates for this one too for the double feature will be at WPEN Premium Stores with a special event on January 21st, 2022, one week before the official release for the rest of the stores on July 28th. January 28th. January 28th. I want to jump to the summer already. I'm over <laughs> the cold. But yeah, these the silver screen border ones, it's going to be interesting to see how they look in person on the computer screen. They look pretty cool. I'm excited. So I hope that excitement stays when it's in my hand because there's been some of those where it's like, I don't know how this is going to look. I think it might be shitty. And then I see it in person. And it's like, oh my God, it's beautiful. But then like the etch foil, when they came out first in the Commander Legends, I'm like, oh, these could be really cool. And then yeah, some in person, of them so. just don't look good. I think I think after getting some of the different types of etched foil and what wizards will do with etched foil, it's like having a whole card of etched foil is like, okay, it's cool, but it doesn't look as good as where it's like etched foil as the accent pieces. Yeah. Though like there's with the the mystical archives where it's just like a touch of etched foil and shit. It's like, they got to find the happy medium there. Agreed. So with the, the, the silver screen cards though, it it does seem like they're emphasizing the fact that these are going to be like really good looking foil cards. Yeah. And I am hyped to see because it was shown that Holebreaker horror is going to be a card that's in the silver screen. And, And Noah's agreeing with us on the Twitch stream, you know, etching on dark cards does not look good. Yep, so having that differential of colors is really nice on those two. But all right, now, Matt, you got the next one, dude. Now let's highlight one part of the Arena Updates article that came out last Thursday. The part in question is titled Changes to Visibility of Other Players in Draft Pods. The art- In this part of the article, it states, Coming in this week's release is a change to the way players' drafts are showing. Players' names and their avatars will no longer be displayed in your pod during a draft. So when it comes to this, I don't... I haven't drafted in a while. I haven't picked up Arena, but and I don't think anybody else has really commented on the fact that I've seen online, but I think the main reason for this change is like there's always people that would be posting pictures being like, oh, this person sucks for taking up all the yeah. packs. It's not getting rid of who you see around the table has the packs from the way I'm understanding this. Like no, you can you, still see. You stu- because I did a pre-release draft okay, this weekend. So you, can, so so you still detail. see where the packs are as far as like around the table. You just don't see who has them. So you can't go, curse you, Matt. For having all the packs, yeah, you can just go, curse you, person two spots away from me, damn it. Right. That's what I figured the whole thing was for, is to, like, I don't know, stifle that kind of aggression. A little, little bit of the cyberbullying, I think, was happening there, too. So, I mean, you know, I jokingly said, well, darn it, I just I just can't yell at a person. I just have just to yell. Just yell at Tim. Tim. Damn you, Tim. All right. Well, yeah. All right. So... <laughs> All right, so next up, something that just touched 
touched on in an article that Watsi dropped last week about comp rule and Oracle updates. Not too much to mention here, but let's talk about it. The blood, uh, beover, beover, pure over, pure beaver, purveyor. There we go. Jesus, I got you. Oh, uh, Oracle updates about last week for the comp rules. It's just going over the ad, the adding of blood tokens cleave, training into the glossary along with the update of the article for the crimson route release notes that were posted this article is just intending to clear up some common misconceptions and confusions caused by the new mechanics and interactions and links will be down below if you want to check out the full thing a little side note with this this was another thing i saw i forgot to add into this this part but there was a commander deck card that has partners with another creature that it reads whenever another creature there's two there are two versions of the card that were shown Kambal, uh, not Kambal. Kambal is a actual card kimball or something like that but what it reads is like when another creature dies you create a blood token and each opponent loses life but then there's another version that says whenever a creature in opponent control dies i did see that so the correct text for this partner creature is the one where it's whenever another creature in opponent controls uh, the way that it's understood right now is like there was a mix-up in the digital version of the release of that card, like for digital assets to send out to stores. And with that mistake, it's it's not on the printed card. There's not going to be any like errata, like with Blood Purveyor and typical stuff that happens. So hopefully, the way that they made it sound, there's no con- confirmation from Watsi about uh, if it was digital or a printing mistake. So, yeah. All right. So I just wanted to toss this in here quickly because we missed it the other week. In the Magicka Online announcements that they release every Tuesday for the week, it said that Modern Horizon 2 drafts will return. This is a non-Phantom Draft League that will be happening from now until January 5th. So go draft and get all the powerful MH2 cards and hopefully lower the prices of those cards on Moto. Wow. But to those that care about the current MPL and Rivals League, Watsi posted in their article the roster in some ways that players can qualify for the Magic World Championship this year. Roster is packed with familiar names like uh, Kale Boldy. Kai Buddha. Kai Buddha. Jesus. Yep. Okay. All right. Paulio Victor. Paulo Vito Damaderosa. Yep. Okay. You, you know what? Ha- Javier Dominguez. Why did I sign this one up for me? <laughs> and Seth Manfield. Jesus. All in the MPL. Jeez. So Watsi is trying to trying a system called World Championship Qualifying Points or WCQPSs. Yeah, there's no S's. It's just WCQPs. What? I, I, I forgot to put an apostrophe there if that's the okay. case. Or yeah, din, okay. Din. <laughs> Anyways, it's not a very good acronym, WCQPs. There, like. There's no good way to say that. Uh, so no, there these, isn't. These are awarded for each match win at set championships, and there's a full drink full, full drink down below. Yep, no, it's a full link down below that covers all of the nitty-gritty of it, including you being able to mess up pronunciations yourself. <laughs> Be like Big G. Fuck up the names. Fuck them all up. Who gives a crap? I won't ever get to play against him. Oh, Jesus. So here is something interesting that uh, we will probably be seeing more of. Hopefully, in, anyway. in, in a little while, maybe. Maybe. This is, this is part of speculation. So there was a tweet from 
the Star City Games CEO, Ben Bellwise, showing off a Visser Seer that was opened as one of the bonus cards in the Frexian Secret Lair. And this is one that has all the Praetors and the Frexian script. And so there's typically a bonus card that comes at the bottom of these secret layers. And this one, this the, the card that they open is the card in question that's brought a lot of con- contention, topic, discussion into the magic community. So this Visser has two twists. The text is backwards, and there's a gold stamp on the art of the card that says number 77 out of 100. So just imagine like the pre-release cards where it has the, da- the state, the state, the, the date stamped in the bottom right corner of the image, they got this number of number 77 out of 100. This card got auctioned over on the major misprint group on Facebook and actually sold to a private bidder who offered the full $5,000 that Ben was asking. So we were talking a little bit about this before the show started. Will we see the other 99 of this? Um, If you're looking for picks, Matt, we want to make sure we can get that. Yeah, we're getting it pulled up right now. Oh, getting it pulled up. Awesome. So while he's getting that pulled up, we were talking about this, and is this a huge conspiracy that they it just happened to go to one of the bigger names as far as content creators go for Magic the Gathering out of Star City Games, or is this something we will see the other ninety nine of? Because I mean, with the it it fits going into the Frexian text one because it's altered text and everything. So having a card in English but everything is backwards seems really interesting. So I, th- I think the biggest thing is more than just it being backwards the thing is having the stamp on the card of numbered cards so uh, i just posted up showing it up here for everybody to see in the live discord and then there there i'm matt you're gonna get a link on there too for the tweet so if people want to see it directly on their devices they can yes oh look at you you're a gem beautiful but yes so the 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 more contentious point uh, other than the backwards text is the gold stamp numbers on here typically seen in like sports cards is what the typical is what the likeliness has been uh, attributed to here is like having a small collection of these super rare cards and with sports cards doing this kind of a market thing for a long time and now wizards is like jumping in on here which in all fairness, this ain't the first time of doing like I mean, they've done pre-release cards with these stamped numbers. Like there's less there's more of those than there will be of a hundred Visser Sears and stuff. Yeah. And things like that. But the the fact that it's like, is is this just gonna be a this thing? Or is this Wizards testing out? I I'm on the side of Wizards testing this out. Like this is gonna be a thing that's gonna continue down the road because Wizards has said that they want to worry about the collecting aspect of magic cards along with playability. And this is a card, this, this style of card of like having it numbered being number one or number 69 of 100 collectors are going to eat this alive. If this auction that happened on the misprint page, a $5,000 for this one card, which I mean, it's what on average about a $5 card because it, it does see a lot of play. And then it's gotten a printing out of the commander's, Legends, where it's got the full art and it's got the foil, the prangling, not foiling, prangling. Yep, yep. Um, here's one thought I had though. Let's see. With with the collectability side of it, I could see them doing just a hundred viscerous Sears. What if every single one of them is a different card? That was another thing that was brought up in the text as, or in the in the thread as well. Like the, there hasn't been anybody else to my scouring from earlier today. I haven't checked this evening if anybody else posted, yeah. like if they found another card that is 
numbered like number 77 or number 76 out of 100. There hasn't been any update on that. So it could be like maybe there's a Nightscape familiar or a carrion feeder that's backwards with a number on it. But currently, we don't know. But a lot of people do believe that it's just like 100 Visiseers. But and if if it is different cards though, too, are they going to vary out of the, the, you know, the rarity of it or is it all going to be commons uncommons and they're going to leave the rares and the rares and the mythics out of this i do think that this is just using viscer seer because in sports cards as well they just have one of 100 or whatever 100 mark of a certain yep. printing of a card and it's of that one card and watsi is probably testing this with like a a card that still sees play but not super expensive to like just test the waters and now seeing like official star city purchases at yeah. five thousand dollars like watsy knows they got they got some sort of big mackerel here and i mean it could just be the this is the first one and i know i saw some talk of you know this is the first one so him getting the full asking price of this was awesome good for him oh yeah easily easily um but as more you know the other 99 maybe make their way into market because with secret layers you know as much as Watsy tries to get them all out at one time, there is sometimes some staggering, like, hey, we're going to send out 100. Let's send out 150. Hey, here's the other. Here's the other. All the Frexians. Here's the other 250 that's going. But at the same time, with the secret layers and the promo cards, they've always had a little bit of flavor to them. Like when the the initial Planeswalkers were, or not the Planeswalkers, secret layers were coming out and they had the stained glass Planeswalkers. Nobody was expecting that. Nobody that was, was expecting it. But that they, was not announced. There wasn't anything about that. People just opened up and it's like, I got this secret, I got the stained glass art and stuff in here. But each one of the ones, depending on the secret layer you got, fit within a theme of you know, a loose theme of what that one was. So, you know, uh, the Zendikar, the Zendikar ones that I ended up getting, um, the, we were sitting and talking as we, you know, they eventually did announce, Hey, there, the stained glass planeswalkers will have something to do with the theme. So obviously the Zendikar one coming out, we're like, Oh, it's going to be ones that probably either originate from Zendikar or have a big thing to do with Zendikar. Like Nissa or Kiara. Yep. And I got, Oh, I got, Nahiri, I think in okay. both of mine because I got two of that one. Okay. Um, but I mean, so it being in the Phyrexian text one, I think it's only going to be in that one would be my speculation just because it fits within that theme. It's a different word way of having the wording. So, you know, the the Phyrexian language versus the, the promo card being, hey, you got a chance to get a backwards one. So I do want to point out here that Wizards has like kind of acknowledged that they're aware of this thing from a tweet in the Ben tweet thread at Maverick gal tweeted saying, asked Blake if he was able to comment during the magic stream today, which was last Thursday where he was opening a bunch of different uh, collector boosters, set boosters and all that stuff on stream. No direct answer, understandable and expected, but at least got acknowledged about it in the video. uh, Blake pretty much says, uh, no, Maverick, there is no information that we can give at this point or whatever and yeah. stuff. So it's like it's acknowledged they're aware that this is a thing and there's no other details coming about. So we can expect some other details, Yeah, which is crazy to think because I forgot to add this part in because it just was shown last week. Did you see this is just free form right here? Did you see this secret lair that is in collab with what's this like crazy art group or whatever? Here. Is it that one you posted in Discord it with the red the, box? Yes. 
I did see that, and I saw some of the pictures of the ones that are on there. So I wonder, is that going to be one that is going out, or did, or was that one that was just made for the content creators or there the artists? No details about hmm. this. So it's an art collab, but it is an official secret lair uh, from the creators of MSCHF. I'm pulling up on my phone right here because completely unprepared for this because it was a last minute thing. I apologize. So in this secret lair drop, there are six cards. They have Blood Moon, Grim Tutor, Swords to Plowshare, Teferi's Puzzle Box, a Planes, and Cut to Ribbons, the Aftermath card. And these are all like this MSCHF group is like a group of artists that collab together and make like different like new agey kind of modern art-esque kind of things and with these cards oh boy when i first saw these i thought these were just like some fans attempt to make like their own secret like oh wouldn't it be cool to do something like this i thought i thought they were really cool i don't think we've had this conversation before with alt arts and different depictions of cards they are very cool they are i don't think i would play them though i don't even think i would try to get them Again, as of right now, Wizards hasn't gone out stating that there's any information about this. Yeah. We don't know if this is going to be something that's like, I don't know, the typical goring rate for something like this would be, what, forty nine ninety nine as a secret lair kind that, of a thing? That one would probably be one of the pricier ones just because maybe... Yeah, and it's somewhere up to, I don't know, what, 180 or something like that, and yeah. that's when it starts to draw a line. Like, But this is going to be one that's might actually be worth money in the end because it could. depending on... I don't know. I don't know. So I'll, 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 I'll remember to add some links so that way in case you all haven't seen it there's not much to really talk about it other than just, they, it's, it's, they just have the pictures of the cards and it's who it's with and yeah because it wasn't wizards that posted these pictures it, it was, was the actual it was con- the artist it was the artist and then like a couple other people and watsy hasn't gone on any record again saying anything about these cards but it is confirmed official that yeah. this is a secret layer drop so I guess at some point we're going to see this MSCHF collab secret layer drop become available. And there's people speculating, like, what if this is one of those ones where they have, like, a pop-up kind of ghost store that Maybe. where you'd be able to buy it and that's what would make it more limited for something like this because it's more... Artisanal is not the right word, but, you know, like, very, like, artsy. Oh, more that artisan where it's a little bit different type of stuff. Right, where they're trying to make it, like, that deeper, specialer secret layer. Things, yeah. but that's what people are expecting but again no no current information as of recording tonight november 15th monday night maybe there's maybe something will come out t- tomorrow on tuesday when maybe, this episode comes out maybe something will come out 30 minutes after we're done recording yes who knows all right so finally in the news section we have some potentially exciting news that will lead us off into conjured currency MTG Stocks has announced today, and I did see you guys tweet it, so I did retweet it and everything. Whoop, whoop. Make sure to follow This Week in MTG on all social media platforms and going on. Sorry. Good Um, plug. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, That they are starting a brand new membership program called MTG Stocks Premier. This service will have some benefits to it. There will be price alerts when you are alerted via email, text message, or telegram. Really? Did you put Telegram in here? No, no. There's this app. There's this service called Telegram. It's, uh, I don't know, it's like a weird... Weird messaging app? It's like emailing and things like that. It's just like, I don't know, I'm assuming it's like a Slack. Yeah. Not a Slack. Who knows? Um, But anyway, sorry for our tangent on that one. On 
when there is a price change to selected card. This brand new dashboard with trends action will help you get a bird's eye view on super performers. These are based on a seven key criteria, which could be cards and sets. They didn't say what the seven key criteria are though, so. I'm guessing, no idea. I'm guessing though when they release it, they'll explain it a little bit better for us too. It's live right now. Is it? Yeah, premium is live right now. We won't do live lookup. We'll just continue to read the script so that way we don't get too far off tangents like we've already gotten tonight. See, this is what happens when Danny isn't here to nib visit us. Danny. Um, so this will have an expanded interest feature and an un- underpriced card selection where MTG Stocks tells you about cards in low supply and great chances to get them for cheap. There's also a premium inventory, which is just, I shouldn't have done green. You should, at least this bright green. (laughs) Yeah, which is just a fancy inventory tracker. This service is done in partnership with Cardboard. (laughs) Thank you. With Cardboard Live. That almost made it worse when you highlighted it. (laughs) It, It's darker now. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, Sorry for our tangents, guys. Uh, With Cardboard Live and StreamSage, which offers another feature at Premium Card Cardboard Live and Sage Stream Insights. This allows you to see cards that are becoming popular on large stream live streams at that moment. To launch this, MTG Stocks is giving a chance to three lucky people for pre free premium for life. Just have to retweet their retweet their tweet and follow all MTG Stocks Cardboard Live and Stream Sage on Twitter. And the link is going to be down below. So I did see this. I didn't look to see that it was live. I thought it was just a, hey, this is coming up and we're going to give something away, kind of a launch party type of thing to it. But I do like the the live stream insight of it, which is really cool because we, yeah. we've we talked about it, I know, on here. And I know other podcasts and other streams have talked about the command zone effect. Yeah. Where they will play a card, they'll explain it, and then show it in a really cool situation, um, whether it happens artificially or it's a live, you know, it happens on its own um, type of thing. But I mean, a, like a card that pops into my head that I know I include in a lot of my decks that has blue now is Lazarus Plating. So I get Hexproof. Lazatep Plating? Yeah, Lazatep Plating. There we there go. We go. Yeah, um, that card is fucking fire. Hell yeah. Two mana, give myself Hexproof? And you just get a 1-1 one, one as an incidental. Like, it could just be two mana and give me Hexproof for a turn. But yeah, sure, give me a creature two on top of it. Why not? So that would be fun. I think I'd, I'm going to look a little bit more into this, even if I don't get it, uh, as far as the retweet contest. But yeah. So the thing is with this as well, right now, I think... I'm assuming they've probably done their 250 people already, but the first 250 people that sign up for premium get it for 9.99 for life, and everybody afterwards will have to pay 19.99. And is that a one time or is that yearly? Uh, monthly. Monthly. Okay. 9.99 monthly or 19.99. Here it's loading up here in a second. Yeah. Oh no. So regular price is 24.99. <laughs> And nine ninety five per month for the first two hundred fifty signups. I think maybe that's just a marketing ploy to try and get more people to sign up. Yeah, and stuff because I did listen to the Brainstorm Brewery podcast today, and they and they released the podcast on Friday, but they record on Monday, and they announced that this thing was a thing. So there's it's been out for a week already, and if two hundred fifty people haven't signed up for it already, this to me just seems like a marketing ploy. So 
I mean, if nine ninety five sounds like it's worth it for all of this, uh, all of this stuff here. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I did pick it up <laughs> just to see what it's like. Yeah, and we'll probably use it in the contract currency section here shortly, and you know, highlight some things, maybe like test around and see what it looks like, and then maybe you guys can decide from there if this seems like something that that's that's worth it to you. Well, wait, did you did you just mention we're jumping into conjured currency? That seems like a great transition oh, into conjured currency. As always, when we jump into conjured currency, which used to be the finance section, <laughs> I'll change that live here for you. So for your future notes, uh, we use the amazing site mtgstocks.com. They have a weekly article still where they talk uh, called the weekly winners, where they talk about three to five cars that are moving up in price or three to five cars that are moving down in price. So. This week, we got three cards moving up in price. A lot of it primarily based off of Crimson Vow. Crimson Vow. First up, we have Planar Void. This single black card from Urza's Saga. As soon as my computer loads here. There we go. Whenever a card is put into a graveyard, remove that card from the game. Yep. Single black Urza's Saga only printed in urza's saga there's no other printing as of this and there's no foils because it wasn't until urga urza's legacy that had foils that sounds right yeah so it was pretty close but anyways <clears throat> right now the so it jumped up 604 percent now chilling around ten dollars oh when we record we record on monday the article comes out on friday prices may change between friday and monday and we'll let you know and this is one of those cases so on Friday, it jumped up to around 10 bucks as, as an average price. But as of today, the market price is around 750 Average price is still 999 So people on TCG Player are still trying to push it for around $10, but people are actually buying them around that 750 range right now. Now, the main reason for this card to move up in price is because of a card from the like those commander cards that they add into the set booster packs. We have Umbris Fear Manifest. This card is super cool. Caught my attention right away. It is black, blue, three for a 1-1 legendary creature nightmare horror. That seems like a horrible rate, as all magic players say, Koei Lee, that then will lead into reading the card because it's something pretty busted. So Umbris Fear Manifest gets plus one, plus one for each card your opponents own in exile. And whenever Umbris or another Nightmare or Horror enters the battlefield under your control, target opponent exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile a land card. So this is just like more in-depth mill deck that is getting built here. And this with like Leyland of the Void or uh, Helm of Obedience combo here, just like straight up wins the game anyways. But Planar Void moving up in price due to speculation of Umbris Fear Manifest decks becoming a thing in Commander. And one of the big things that go in there is like this is people are like this is the Ashiok tribal kind of commander that we've been waiting for, and I mean because Ashiok they're exiles. not wrong. I do I do like me some Ashiok, so that's what got me super interested in this as well. Another one that would probably go good in a deck like this too would be uh, Voidwalker. Voidwalker would be good. Yep, because he, as they play him, if it goes into the graveyard no matter from where it gets exiled so with a counter on it so yeah it so, still counts as exiled yep next up we have serpent of yawning depths this is blue blue four for a six six enchantment creature serpent this came out 
in Theros Beyond Death. It reads, Kraken, Leviathans, Octopus, and Serpents you control can't be blocked except by Krakens, Leviathans, Octopus, and Serpents. This jumped up 38%, chilling around $6.92, but as of today, the market price is $6.41. The average price is $7.49. This doesn't have a foil, if I'm not mistaken, because this was only printed in... No, this... Yeah. It should have a foil. It does not have a foil. Does, on MTG stocks, it doesn't show a foil option because if I'm not mistaken, this is one of the cards that were printed in the um, not, uh, the, the theme boosters. It was printed in one of the theme boosters and I don't think the theme boosters did foils. I and think you can only right. open that. This wasn't in the set. You can only open it in the theme boosters. So I don't think there's a foil in this card. No, I'm looking up more while you're talking. <laughs> okay. So this card has been moving up in price because along with Crimson Vow, we have some serpent love going on. Runo Stromkirk, which is black blue, one for a one four vampire cleric with flying ETBs. You may put up to one target creature card from your graveyard on top of your library. At the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. You may reveal that card if a creature card was with converted mana cost or mana value of six or greater was revealed you get a transform runo into where's the flip on this guy oh we had this issue last time gosh so it turns into a kraken when it flips and it copies tokens and if it, the copied creature or it copies creatures and if the flip if the copied creature is a kraken leviathan octopus or serpent you make two tokens of the copied creature instead so this is moving up in price because of Serpent of Yawning Depths is moving up because of Runo Stromkirk, but also just Serpent, Octopus, like Sea Tribal decks just kind of got like a, a a small a small boost, a notable boost. A couple weeks ago, I think it was last two weeks ago, when it was mentioned of Quest of Ula's Temple moved up in price, and that's that card from World Wake where you get put you put quest counters on it, then if there's enough quest counters, you get to put uh, any sea sea uh, tribal creature into play. And now with Hullbreaker Horror, which is a card we'll talk here at the end of the, the fine at the at the end of the, the weekly winners, um, people are excited for uh, are excited for Sea Monster Tribal. And then this one was out of one of the theme decks, so it was okay. Yep. So no foils, no foils. So now in the next weekly winners, we have Lodestone Bobble for this zero mana artifact from Alliances, only printed there, and it is on the reserve list. This card reads, zero mana. You pay one, tap it, sacrifice Lodestone Bobble, put up to four target basic lands from a player's graveyard on top of their library in any order. That player draws a card at the beginning of the next turn's upkeep. Lodestone Bobble jumped up 85%, chilling around $13.24 as of Friday, but today, market price, you can find them for $9.17, and the average price is $13.99, so sellers are still trying to go up for that higher higher price. This is a reserve list card, so there could be some merit behind the actual high prices of this card, but it's moving up in price as a potential just reserve list buyout, but it does have synergy with a new Crimson Vow card. Cultivator Colossus. We were talking about this last week with Danny. It's the green, green, green for star, star trample. It's power and toughness equal to the number of lands you control. And then whenever it enters the battlefield, you may put a land card from your hand into the battlefield tapped. If you do draw a card, repeat the process. So just like stacks gets you like four lands there right away with Lodestone Bobble does with uh, the Cultivator Colossus. So that way you could just like get four lands. It's a good little synergy there, but it does seem to be 
probably more of it just being a reserve list card, which reserve list cards, man, what do you do about that? But with that, I think we'll jump into the cheap pickups now. All right. So our first one on the cheap pickups is Galazeth Prismari. There we go. And this one is at $5.85, and it is slowly trending down. And this one, when it, uh, let's see, when it first came out, was sitting at about that $13. So it's been slightly going down ever since. Um, And this one is a two-colorless, and is it? So blue and a red legendary Elder Dragon flying. When it enters the battlefield, create a treasure token. Artifacts you control have tap. Add one mana of any color. Spend this mana only for instants and sorcery spells, and it is a 3-4 creature. This thing was getting paired with Goldspan Dragon and Standard a lot, so. And then our next one, we've got Chandra, Torch of Defiance, and i got to click further on this. This one is the miscellaneous promo, so this must be the spellbook one. Uh, it's not showing up. No, it's not the spellbook one. Well, which, I don't know which one this would be then. Sorry, guys. We're It's... Something's going on with the website. It's not showing that card, so we can tell you exactly which one it is. But hey, you keep doing that. Oh, you oh. do the research. Okay. Well, oh man, I gotta actually look up what the card does again. Jeez, card. There we go. All right. So this is a two colorless, two red, legendary planeswalker Chandra. It ha- comes in with four loyalty counters. Its plus one is exiled top card of your library. You may cast that card. If you don't. Chandra, Torch of Defiance, deals two damage to each opponent. Plus another plus one, add two red mana. Negative three, Chandra, Torch of Defiance, deals four damage to target creature. And then your negative seven gives you an emblem. Whenever you cast a spell, this emblem deals five damage to any target. And like like I said, or maybe I didn't, this one is at $6.31, and it is stabling out. So I think uh, this card is the Pioneer Challenger deck that just came out this year. Okay. Because it has a little star in it as as the set symbol. Okay. That's the only thing that Scryfall shows me as the the one that MTG Stocks isn't accounting for. It's got to be. So that's weird. That doesn't happen very often when I'm looking at this. It does not. All right. All right, so jumping to the last cheap pickup, we've got a newer card out of Midnight Hunt, Tefuri, Tefuri, who slows the sunset. It is at $6.01, and it is slowly trending down. So this is a two white and a blue legendary planeswalker. I'm actually going to click on it so I don't have to try to squint and look at the card reading. Uh, comes in with four loyalty counters, plus one, choose up to one target artifact, up to one creature, target creature, and up to one target land. Untap those chosen permanents you control and tap the chosen permanents you don't. You gain two life. Neg two, look at the top three cards of your library, put one of them into your hand and the rest at, on the bottom of your library in any order. And Neg 7, you get an emblem with untap all permanents you control during each player's untap step. And you draw a card during that e- during each opponent's draw step. So, yeah. This has a infinite combo and standard and stuff, but it it's does. not... It's, eh. I think we talked about this one a little bit last time I was on. This is one of those ones you can see coming a mile away, and you've got to do some setup for it. Oh, yeah. And it's so easy to disrupt, but I mean, if you're... 
it was the last time I was on because we were talking about it with Danny and you know, he had pointed that out and I'm like, yeah, but it's still one of those ones. If you get to pull off, you get to go, maha, I pulled it off and it's in standard. So, and this is a good transition into the extra contract currency talk that I'd like to bring up here because I like talking a little bit of finance every now and again, more, more details on things. Midnight hunt cards are still moving down. And we're also now finally getting some Crimson Vow cards now that those are starting to get in people's hands. Those prices are moving down as well. So you got things like Hollowed Haunting, which was pre-selling around 15 bucks. That's that Enchantment Matters one. If you have seven or more enchantments, your creatures get good things. It was pre-selling at 15 bucks, And now it's, now it's around $7 because now all these cards are now getting out in people's hands. So... Keep an eye on cards right now from Crimson Vow because now that they're getting in people's hands, the prices are going to be dropping unless you are this next card that I, I'm i a little sad. Hullbreaker Horror. Let me scroll all the way up to the top here because there it is. Hullbreaker Horror, which is today's card that has jumped up the most. It jumped up 200 and some percent. It was pre-selling for around three bucks because people are like, oh, big dumb idiot card. But now it's getting in people's hands and people are brewing with it already. You're seeing it in Commander, Storm, uh, Sea Monster, Tribal is doing its thing. But then there's also, if, if maybe we'll cover it super quick in the deck of the week, but there is a Reclamation deck that's really using Hullbreaker Horror to good good use. There hasn't been any results yet in Modern with this, but in we were just talking about it in Standard with Is It Turns. But So anyways, this card's moving up. Market price is around $9. Average price is 15 And this is just for the normal version. So this also has the extended art. And the extended art version of this card is pushing around 20 bucks. So a little people are trying to sell it for like 5 bucks more. But it's still chilling around the same market price of $7.50. Hullbreaker Horror is. And mind you, we did mention this with the double feature. It is getting a silver screen printing, so that might also drop the price of the regulars or even the EAs, the extended arts here. But this card moving up in price, I don't know. We were talking about it the other week. I love this card so much. It's a big blue idiot that bounces spells, bounces non-land permanents. It does everything a blue mage wants it to. And the fact that I, I think it could go into modern pretty easily. Outside of, like, you could you could pour over a reclamation, because this reclamation deck is a modern deck. Yep. That I'm talking about, and you can do different things to it, just like focusing on soldier, uh, wilderness reclamation to help get out control, just simic control magic, man. Untapping your lands with wilderness wreck, and then just casting a seven eight beater. That after that, after the fact, like stubborn denial, it counters a spell and it bounces an online permanent now, or it it does great staxy things against storm decks because you can bounce one counter one spell, bounce the other spell with like yep. any kind of counter spell now. So it like hits two things on on the stack, which pretty potent as well. And I mean Simic can do Simic things. Right. So this card is moving up in price. So keep an eye out for that. And if you want to keep an eye out for that using an amazing service, we highly recommend that you go check out TCGSniper.com. These guys have everything that you want. They you, you make an account, you enter in cards that you want to be notified on are moving up or down in price. Any any price fluctuation at all, they'll send you a notification on that card moving up or down in price. And then you click the link that it sends you and then you can buy it or you can post it at whatever you want. So Hullbreaker Horror, 
you're opening a bunch of these and you're like, I am perfectly fine selling these at like 15 bucks a pop, but I want to be selling them when they're 20. Notify me when they're 20. Or if you're like me, I'm going to be entering this card and be like, notify me when they're at seven. (laughs) (laughs) The opposite end of the spectrum on this one. TCG Sniper does that for you. So go check them out. When you make an account, let them know that the guys over at This Week in MTG sent you and you will get three months free of their premium program. Hey, wait, Matt, I got a real quick question similar to the J-Dubs one. What if I'm not a singles guy? What if I'm looking for boxes? Oh, TCG Sniper does sealed product oh, as well. Oh, nice. I nice. know JB, he has Ultimate, he has, Ultimate Masters, I, I think. I thought it was on Modern it. Masters, though. No, I, th- I think it was Ultimate. Yeah, he's got one of the Master Sets on there. Yeah, he has a Master Set on there, and he's waiting for someone to try and like sell a low, which you might be lucky around now because Black Friday coming up, maybe people are going to be posting boxes a little cheaper, and go check out J-Dubs because they're selling singles for 20% off. Heck Yeah. And you know what? I think we got just enough time to look at that rec deck you were talking about. Sweet. Yes. I think we got enough time. And while Matt's f- while Matt's getting it pulled up, um, just going over a couple of things. It's got that Hallbreaker Horrors. It's got two of them in there. Four Ice Fang Quaddles. You want to cover the instance for everybody? You got it pulled up? I do, yes. Perfect. So this is Blue Magic Galore. So it, it fits my, my forte here. It has two Archmage's Charm. Four counter spells, three cryptic commands, four fatal push, four growth spiral, two memory deluge, three mystical teaching. So this card is three and a blue for an instant. Search your library for an instant card or a card with flash. Reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle your library, and it has flashback for five and a black. I figure I'd mention that because I don't think a lot of people know what mystical teaching does. Uh, then also in the instance, you have a single nexus of fate. In the enchantments, you have two shark typhoons and four wilderness reclamations. As for the lands, it got the typical shock fetch package going on here with two Zagrath triomes and three castle Vantress, which is the scrying castle. Uh, we'll cover the sideboard here in a little bit, but just primarily talk about the deck in general of where it's like, you're going for the, 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 I don't know what you're trying to do early game here. You're just like really hoping to get to turn three, drop a wilderness wreck, like turn one, fatal push, whatever, turn two, curl spiral, put a land into play, turn three, wilderness wreck, and then you start going to town from there because at the end of a turn, you can tap mana, wilderness reclamation trigger on the stack, untap, and then cast uh, Hullbreaker Horror on turn four. And that's like the extent of how fast you can drop them out in this kind of a build right now. And then from there, you're just controlling and beating wholesale ass with a whole breaker horror honestly though so it's got the ice fang quaddles in there and like you and i have talked as far as like you know doing synergies and controlly stuff because you're more of a blue player than i am but i do like playing blue now i used to absolutely hate it i used to i younger garrett would have been in the same boat (laughs) as jb and danny hating blue magic only putting it in there if it's necessary Yada yada yada. I actually, I really like playing decks with blue because of that. Good, you could. Yes, Come yes. To the dark side. <laughs> but the only, so the only thing synergistically, like you're able to cover it because you need, you know, three other snow permanents. I know looking at the deck, the ice fan quaddles being in here. This isn't the, necessarily the main point of it getting that death touch. But I feel like getting a few more snow permanents in here would be something I would change on it just to kind of. Try to optimize that as much as possible. It has six lands in there for snow permanents and then the four quaddles. So that's about it. But you need three of them to get that death touch. 
I don't know. It's not like you're going to be. It's not like your opponents are swinging it. Like if they're swinging in, they're swinging in with a fury, and a fury has first strike or double strike, and yeah. then it's but there, like there are other things that you know don't have that first strike, double strike. But I don't know. I in that blue aspect of it, and the fact that Ice Fang has flash, and you can surprise people with it, even yes. though as soon as they see the first one coming, they never know if it's going to come. You know, you're holding up two lands and maybe you have some way of making it so it is two blue and blue so they don't know if it's counterspell or they don't know if it's a you know it's an ice fang quaddle because you have access to that green but yep. or i don't know growth spiral or growth spiral too because there's four of in the deck but i mean it's just one of those things where i feel like i feel like you gotta have that in there but again i'd have to play it to have more things on it and one thing i do like um i think it was one of the professor's videos is talking about how to be a med- better magic player if you've got a deck you absolutely hate playing against, build it. Learn how to play it so then you learn how to play against it. That is very true. That is so, very true. So Danny and JB need to get off their high horses of blue and start <laughs> building blue decks so they understand how to beat them better. R- remember, though, JB is a closet blue player. He is, but it, I'm more referring <laughs> to Danny on this one. But um, I don't know. The sideboard looks pretty cool on this one, too. So it's got... You know, uh, one Ashiok, three Chalice of the Voids, three Endurances, two Test of Talents, four Veil of Summers, and two Storm Weather the Storms. So this seems to be like a sideboard that like targets a lot of everything. Like Chalice on one is super good. You're you're losing out on your Fatal Push here. And honestly, yeah. at this point, it's like, do you need Fatal Push? Like, just straight go to Simic here. And in the sideboard, you're losing an Ashiok Nightmare Weaver. I think that's maybe like this guy's pet card, but I have a thing for Ashiok Nightmare Weaver as well. Yeah. But, you know, at some point, it's like, if you're looking at this, it's like, maybe you just cut the black here and then do other things. But Chalice of the Void on one, uh, it's a super potent card in this uh, for this deck and even like if you do it on two you're losing counterspell and growth spiral and ice fang quaddle and hopefully at that point your hull breaker horror is already out and you're just like dink stomping so much but uh, i mean too like if you're if you're putting in the chalice of the voids out of there and like you brought up you, you know take out the fatal push that's your that's your only one cost if in if, the in the main board is what i should say if i'm gonna be honest i think maybe what you can do instead of fatal push is like Maybe you can go into the single blue territory of like spell snare, uh, spell wash, pierce, wash away. You can have wash away in there as well, um, or just maybe find some more modal cards. Like, yeah, I don't know. The honestly, like I get so like with the mystical teaching with the flashback, it has black. But you can cover that with some of your lands. But do you even need mystical teaching? So like mystical teachings. It tutors up both Ice Fang, Quaddle, and Hullbreaker Horror. Like, maybe yep. if anything, you just have a one-of if you're worried about not getting your Hullbreaker Horror. Or you could just take out your three Mystical Teachings, have four Hullbreaker Horrors, because they're not legendary, so you can have multiples on the battlefield. And each spell then would be like, each spell you cast after the fact, it's like, I bounce your spell, and then I bounce your lands and stuff. Like, having multiples out is not a bad thing. So maybe yeah. you just go in for the full four there, take out the Mystical Teachings and the full four Fatal Pushes, and maybe you go up on, maybe Explores, you know? Like, yeah. you have Gross Spirals. Like, maybe you want to go, like, three Explores. Or you can, like we were saying, Spell Pierce or Spell Snare as more counter interaction for that. Right now, I feel the two mana slots for opponent spells are... 
you're getting a lot of good things. Yeah. Like we already talked about it in the past. Like you got Ren and six is like one of the premier targets that you can hit with that. And now you got, and then you got, um, Stoneforge Mystic, but you can also hit Expressive Iteration, which puts control decks pretty far ahead. Though yeah. right now there's not much like blue red controly style decks going on right now because you know you're seeing more blue white. But in blue white, a spell snare counters a counter spell, which a lot of players are running. Yep. And well, and the other thing too that runs in the the struggle we're running into in the modern meta right now is just especially like we talked about a little earlier. Is it a Loris deck? Will it fit into a Loris deck? It oh, almost yeah. seems like that that aggro low style is something you got to do. So some of these cards, you know, having the control piece to it, being able to, nope, never mind, you're not going to get that. Nope, you're not going to get that. I'm going to slow you down. That might save me. Slowing you down this one turn might save me. So I can get my horror out and start doing more control things. There's nothing better than spell snaring your opponent's turn two play when you're on the draw. Like, oh, so good. it's so good. It's so good. And, like, turn two is a very pivotal moment. Like, yeah, you're missing... It's unfortunate that you definitely are missing out on Regavans, and yeah. it's like, can you even count uh, DRCs now? It's like the I other, don't know if you can. You're, you're, missing, you're missing out on catching the Elementals. The Elementals is, like, the big, big thing that a lot of decks are playing, and it's missing out on Teferis and stuff as well. But, yeah. I mean, spell, maybe spells, Spell Snare is, like, more of a one-off. But. I don't know. And so, for what I was getting at with this one is, I don't know, I feel like this one... You know, it's got those couple of black cards to it where, like, if you want to have, I would take out the Fatal Pushers. There's something else you can put in that in that slot. Where if go, you want, go with Suspend. Yeah. In where, where if you want to keep the Mystical Teachings in there and you want to keep the Ashiok in the sideboard, those are the only cards that are keeping the black. You can get that covered with the Watery Graves. You can get that covered with, um, what is it? Where is it at? Um, with the Ice Tunnel. You know where you can tu- you can tutor it up with one of your fetch lands, um, and it I don't know. So this one, are you going to build it? I do want to build this. You going to build this version, or are you going to put your own your own stank on it? I'm going to put I'm going to put my own stank onto it All because right. I do like the fact of having red in here for expressive iteration. That, Not going to lie. So you can definitely go into the into the ways of of red here. Go into expressive iteration, and then you can have your access to. Um, you can have access to like Furies, and then you can have your own uh, Unholy Heats as well. Yeah. Uh, the because like you're, you're having enchantments in here. So with Shark Typhoons putting enchantments into your graveyard, you're going to be able to get Delirium out a little easier. So maybe you want to go like Teamer. I was teamer just going to ask: Are you going to go Teamer? Or are you going to go Four Color? Because the good thing as well is like if you go into Teamer, I am like I am a big fan of uh, Prismari Command like a lot. It's, it is a fun card. It 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 gives you a treasure, which is going to be super important in games like this, where you want that extra mana to help maybe like get you out your wilderness reclamation on a key turn, or it'll get you that one extra mana closer to casting a hull breaker. Well, and like I mean, with my turns deck, I shifted it from being a teamer color scheme to a Jeskai color scheme, or not? Yeah, yeah, Jeskai. There we go. So where I do have the Prismari commands in there. Prismari is good. It's fun. Prismari. JB, JB got really butt hurt that game. Yeah, so maybe that's what you do is like Fatal Pushes are out, Mystical Teachings are out, and then, I don't know, I, I like Counterspell, but maybe go down go down a Counterspell. I think a and lot. And then that way you go into the Expressive Iteration and the Prismari Commands. Yeah, I think when Counterspell became modern legal, a lot of people, like, it is a very good card, but I think the big thing with it is 
the fact of it is a two blue. So it, it's very specific on what you need. Yeah, so, but. but this is a very blue heavy deck. Don't get me exactly. wrong. It's very so. blue heavy. And three cryptic commands, they are definitely slower, but with Wilderness Wreck, maybe you just like go to a two of that instead as well, so that way you can you can move around having those red spells in there a little more. Well, I can't wait to see what you come up with on this one. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to throw together a teamer, a teamer hull breacher. I already got a name of it. It's called um it's called Hull Wrecker. I I got nothing further on that one. <laughs> I was going to uh, add some smart yeah. ass comment, but I got nothing. Because rec- reclamation wrecker yeah. and then hall breaker hall hall. Yeah, I, I I get where you're going. <laughs> I was trying to find a smart ass comment to keep it going, but I don't know, man. I think we've I think we've reached the end of our smart assery for tonight. Just you and I. Oh man, this is good. This is good amount of that. Then so want to thank all of you legendary magic folk for making it to the end of episode 114 of this week in mtg and want to give a big thank you to our lovely patrons who keep helping evolve this podcast and then also go send love over to jw sports cards and gaming for all your magic purchases now if you guys if you guys so, so so often it's like you guys big g if you got anything else to add to this episode you know i, w- I was wondering how long you and I could have shenanigans for. You know the sad part about tonight? What's that? Our time wasn't even taken up by shenanigans. We're talking too much about standard. <laughs> Neither stand- of us play standard. The standard was a lot, yeah. yeah. But it, it was fun to talk about a format that I don't play very often anymore. But it, I don't know about for you, but standard for me was what got me into magic. Yeah, it was for me too. I feel like so, standard is the way to get into like any form of competitive play. Because when you first start a game of magic... You know, it's like you're either going to be starting in commander or just like kitchen tabletop kind of a thing. Like that's the the two initiation points. And then it's like, oh, this is fun. I want to get more competitive. And it's like, well, the easiest way to get into that would be standard. And then yep. you like branch on to modern because like your first steps going into modern would be like, oh, that's a lot of shit there. Legacy is out of the question at that point. So. Legacy is out of the question for me right now. And I've been playing for, you know, double digit years. Right. Jeez. Commander is expensive enough. It, yes. Yes, it is. Luckily, proxies are a thing, and I own original copies of cards that are pricier. So that does help. That does help a lot. Yeah, but yeah. Hey, thanks for having me again. Should should we tell them? Should we tell the folks? Uh, what are we? Ta- oh yeah, we didn't mention this. We so didn't. big big G, he is stepping in for JB for a while here. JB is doing a lot of adulting things right now and is going to be busy. Uh, Danny is sick tonight, so hopefully next week we're going to have Danny back. But nah, big- let's just kick him off. It's just the two <laughs> yeah. of us again. <laughs> Well, we got to pay the ransom, I guess, if this is the case. Oh, no, the ransom's for JB. The the ransom's just for JP. Yeah, it's a a small fine to reflect his stature. (laughs) So Big G's going to be a fixture of the podcast here for the next few weeks. And, yeah. It'll be fun. We'll see how much off-task things we can get into. Oh, easily. There's going to be so much stuff. The sad part is Danny wasn't here tonight, and you and I had talked. How pissed off are we going to get Danny? just the two of us bullshitting because we inevitably piss him off at least once and you know what the unfortunate thing is he ain't gonna listen to this well no he ain't gonna listen to this <laughs> no and we didn't even have anybody you know trying to get us to drink in the chat it's true yeah yeah well shut up <laughs> and with that let's hit that outro Congratulations, you made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. 
You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much. waiting for the fuck right at the end of it. I should do that.